this is going to be a very special edition of the podcast this week. Uh, you know, it's a, a great cycling tradition is to honor uh, riders. You know, obviously there's like, you know some great riders that you know riders that have retired, riders that have passed away. You know, you get like the Trofeo Copy Bartali. Um, recently, you know, in cyclocross, they're big on it. We were just discussing this uh, before the podcast in the green room. And, uh, you know, we've had recently the uh, Grand Prix uh, Mario de Klerk. And then this weekend, which one that we'll be talking about is the uh, the Grand Prix Niels Albert or the Super Prestige Niels Albert. Super Prestige. That's right. So I would like to welcome all of you to the inaugural... Yeah, You Ride podcast, Super Prestige, Delta States Grand Prix, Michael Bodeheimer. So, yeah, let me do the honors then, guys, since we're throwing this podcast in your honor today, Bodie, and welcome everybody to episode 26 of the Yeah, You Ride podcast. And as Matt said, uh, this one being named in honor of recently retired cyclocross superstar Michael Bodingheimer. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes. it's about time. Yeah. Tip of the hat to you, sir. This is, why I, this is why I retired. Yeah. GP Michael Bodingheimer. <laughs> so this will be an annual event, and, uh, you know, this is the very first one. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. Great. I can't wait to see who comes to the episode uh, next year for the reunion tour. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some of your, you know, um, your great rivals from the past to, to come in and, uh, you know, some good rivals your teammates, uh, you know, people who, uh, your fans. Coaches. W- coaches. We, well, we'd have to invite Rob Sudan to that yeah. to that episode. True, true. Rob Sudan got me started racing. First true rival. Yeah. Um, so Cat yeah. Five rival, Rob Sudan. I don't know that we were ever rivals on in the racing. Yeah. Um Rivals in we, life? What? No, rivals no, in love? No. We were just we, are we are we missing something here? <laughs> <laughs> no, we did we never were like in the same category. I think we raced uh road a few times together and then he quit racing bikes. But he got me started. He got me hooked. Yeah. And here I am four years later retired. So That's right. Supporting your girlfriend now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a real champ in the household, and it's not me. That's true. You are now officially Mr. Emily Bissett. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Mr. Emily Bissett, uh, or at Mr. Emily Bissett, much like at Mr. Katie Compton. Yeah. yeah. Or perhaps Mr. Emily motherfucking Bissett. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Or 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 Mr. Uh, Emily Bissettheimer. That's true. Hey, we can go that way, too. I don't know. I like the Bissett. I like that. I'm kind of fond of that. <laughs> just Bissett. Yeah, okay just Bissett. That. We'll go okay. with that. Don't need any All part right. of your well, name in there. Well, nope. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the honor, guys. I, yeah. So what are we talking about on this uh, episode of your podcast, Bo? I did want to notice that we have reached episode 26, which means this podcast can rent a car. As long as we have a uh, a major credit card. Yep. Yeah. So everybody should and have a clean a record, probably, too. Credit card by the age they're 26, especially if you're buying into the American dream. Uh, of debt and mortgage payments. Um, yep. Yeah, but we have a jam-packed episode today, I feel like. Even though I didn't think there's a lot going on this weekend, we're going to hit the pro cross scene in the States. We're going to see what's up going on there. We're going to 
go over to Europe where we had a few uh, races going down there. Also, there was a race in Canada. We're going to talk about that briefly. Um, what's after that? We are going little to little flight over to Asia. That's right. We're going to hit some road news. Uh, still, always, always something exciting with the well, road they're, news. They're still racing road. Can't yeah. kill it. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I hear it won't die. There's a little tire talk on the agenda. Yeah, a soup song of tire talk. And then we're going to, you know, maybe get to the main course, which is the, the DSGP number one uh, race report from mm. uh, you two. Uh, yeah. And I was there, too, so I can give cameraman report. A lot, uh, uh, lot happened up in Baton Rouge at yep. that race. Can't wait to talk about it, but we'll, uh, we'll yeah. save that one for, for the end. And uh, roll right into uh, some domestic pro cyclocross. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Talking to the kids on the bicycle riders. Talking to the hippies on the Watergate hiders. Talking to the people getting down at the go-go. Shake a tambourine, go and get yourself a whistle and blow. Shake a tambourine and blow. Any kind of whistle, let's blow. Um, so, yes, uh, speaking of D.C. today, or today, this weekend was DCCX in Washington, D.C., put on by uh, Bill Shiken and his crew. I think that he's one of the people that promotes that. Uh, obviously, Bill That's Shiken right. of In the Crosshairs and all his amazing cyclocross content. Yep. This is his weekend to throw a uh, double C2. Uh, and I hear a lot of chatter on the interwebs about this being a really awesome race. Great course is what I hear about it. I hear great course. I hear really good fans. Yep. I just hear good vibes all around. Um, I've heard I've heard Bill talk a lot about the venue actually being in D.C. proper. It's a park. There, it's just just a, it's a it's very centrally located. Um, so seems like a race uh, worth trying to uh, attend one day. Yet yet another on the long list of domestic races that we need to try to get to at some point to. Yeah, well, next year, guys, I think call that, ourselves legit. I think next year we need to uh, we need to really go all in on this podcasting career of ours, and you know, you guys can retire and cash in your four hundred one ks, and we'll hit the road. Well, maybe maybe we can invest some of the money we've made from the podcast into doing some of these road trips. Yeah, yeah. so that means you guys need to retire and cash in your four hundred one ks because there's no money. <laughs> in fact, I had to buy batteries today so we could do this podcast. Well. The company I work for just lost several billion dollars uh, this week. 7% in their in, stock value or it, something? In this quarter, so yeah. Um, what did you do? You huh? built a faulty website? <laughs> no, it wasn't anything I did. <laughs> anyway, so to get back to cross racing, um, it, like we weren't there. I didn't actually, there's no highlights. I don't have a lot. I don't, I want to try to pretend to give you the, the results here, but it looks like Kerry Warner uh, both days was the, the elite men winner. And eight men's winner, and on the women's side, Arlie Kemmerer, Kemmerer won day one, and Carla Williams won day two. Um, with everybody, not familiar with that name. I am not familiar with that name at all. There's a few names I'm not familiar with. Uh, Anthony Clark got second place on both days. Yep. Um, and I saw there was an awesome, actually two awesome. Uh, there is now a tradition there, isn't there, of the ridiculous podium bike shots. Yeah. And I think Anthony Clark has been in all of those so far. He seems to be a big fan of that race. And uh, there's a lot of uh, buffoonery involving 
upside down bikes and whatnot on the podium. You know, speaking of that, there I saw something on the internet, and I really wish that I could pull it up. I feel like it was someone we know locally who was at a cross race, mm. and they were on the podium, and in front of the podium looked to be these empty bike stands, three of them. Set up, pre-set up for podium yeah, like bikes? Yeah, pre-set up for podium bikes. Oh. Wow, that is a total faux pas. Yeah, there was there was no podium bikes in the photo, but obviously the promoter, I guess, had bought into the idea of podium bikes and was going to uh, was going to oblige whoever thought they needed to bring up, you know. Where did this madness start? I hear it started in Florida. Ugh, pretty. Uh, I know but... that the Slow Ride podcast is a lot of research um, about this, so if you just go to listen to their back episodes, you know you can get all kinds of info on podium bikes. Um, no it seems like bikes. a mountain biking thing to me. It just feels mountain bikey. <laughs> Maybe have, or BMXy. It's very BMXy, they right? They do that. They actually have stands at the at the BMX track here in in Gretna. Uh, yeah. Friend, our friend uh, Mike Bro, Mike Bro races and uh, yep. Their podium has built-in bike stands. Well, and they're elevated too because those bikes are so tiny, you can't set them on the ground. So you actually set them up on yeah. a little stand. It's like a little. It's like a little baby changing like a little, table. There's like a little display area for the for the. No, it's a little it's a little stand that you kind of set your bottom bracket of your of your bike into, and so your bike sits there uh, at a high enough level that it actually appears in the photograph. Because if not, it would just only come up to your knees, because they're tiny. Yeah. yeah, they are. So they're little. Well, they're, they ch- ha- they're children's bikes, aren't they? So they are sized that way. Yeah. In fact, my daughter's bike is actually bigger than than, bike. than those yeah. bikes. Yeah. Probably weighs about the. Probably weighs about as many as four or five BMX bikes too. I imagine. What your daughter's bike? <laughs> it's not. It's definitely. I think I it, mean, weighs, it's like it weighs more pounds. than my. It weighs more than my cross bike. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it probably weighs more than your daughter too, right? Yeah, that's that's one of the issues. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I actually uh, another last thing on podium bikes is that I a uh, friend of the podcast, John Crane, uh, got on the podium at some race somewhere where he lives and good job john but he said that he missed the podium because he was sitting in the shade drinking a smoothie um i guess it was hot and i said is the no no podium the podium no show is the new podium bike so we'll see if that that trend takes off that sounds more hipster to just like not show up at all because podium podiums are lame bro did they have the tom boone cut out to put up there on the podium Um. (laughs) too cool to podium Anyway, yeah, that's right. DCCX did have the cardboard cutout of Tom, Tom Boonen <laughs> if you didn't show up, which is awesome. And who would we pick for Delta States? Oh. Matt mm. Gandy. Matt yes. Gandy, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Unanimous. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We need we need a cardboard cutout of Matt Gandy to put on a podium. All right. Let's make that let's get let's, to Kinko's and make that happen. Let's make that happen. <laughs> Send us your favorite Matt Gandy picks. Uh, oh, there's so many. Tweet us tweet us at him, email him, comment on Facebook, you know, hey, Jeff Phillips, send us your favorite Matt Gandy photo and we'll uh we'll maybe we'll make a blow up of Matt Gandy to fill in at Delta State's Grand Prix. Although Delta State's Grand Prix does have the the, the cock mask. <laughs> that people wear sometimes That's yes right. in fact you've worn that on my behalf absolutely uh, i stood in for you on a podium that you couldn't that you couldn't make i think that was the one time i was second overall at delta states grand prix 
the final Masters, Masters podium, season yeah. one. Yeah, season one. Wow. <laughs> what a glorious year that was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so that about wraps it up on DCCX. Um, I, is there anything else we want to talk about? Well, um, I wanted to. I've got a. I've got a hot take on uh, some oof. local, not local, but some uh, U.S. Mm. cyclocross racing that I wanted to talk about. It's based on some little tidbits I got from some house guests that I've got right now who are in town from the uh, Bay Area, who uh, were telling me about a race that one Tobin Ortenblad went out to uh, instead of going to the. Uh, World Cup race in Cookside mm. this weekend. Uh, McTubbin went back home and uh, did a local uh, cross race in Santa Cruz, the Rock Lobster Cup, put on by Rock Lobster Cycles yep. out of Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he showed up and he did the A race. They have an they have a A B and a C race looks like an awesome race this is the third year it's just a you know smaller local it's not even a it's not a uh, it's not a UCI race right um, and uh, showed up and shredded the A race and uh, Matt I wanted to ask you what do you uh, what do you think about that uh, well I would say judging by that that he I mean did he has he done any of the World Cups did he show up for uh um, I thought he did both Jingle Cross and Waterloo. Okay, so that's interesting. Maybe he's just not planning on going to Europe at all. Well, my question was more directed to your English sense of rule following and and the proprietary the propriety of a uh, pro racer with a UCI license uh, going back home and jumping into uh, his or her. Well, let, let's, local race. let me ask you, was he eligible to race in that category? I'm sure that was open to uh, pretty much anybody, right? If it was an A race. So I guess it is, I don't really know how they do their categories out there. Um, but I think it's similar to a USAC race where you race your category. And I presume the A race would be a, you know, one, two, three race. Right. So, uh, it, well, here's the thing then. What is a... To be a pro, do you get you get a pro license? Well, yeah, so he funny, has a he has a UCI license. Funny I presume. you say that today. Okay. Today, just just today, I was looking on the USAC rankings, and there is you can click pro, and there is a list of pro American cyclocross racers. Um, there's like eight of them, and then you go to Cat One. There's and, only eight. Yeah, and then like number one Cat number like number one Cat One. USAC ranked rider is Stephen High, the right below him is Jeremy Powers. So they're not even ranked as pros. I don't really know how that works, honestly. To tell you the truth, it's confusing to me. It is. You know, like well, like I in, in that... motorsports, like Formula One, you have to actually get a Formula One license. You know, like to race Formula One, it's like a super license that you have to have to right. be able to do it. So they all have UCI licenses, which are different from their USAC license, I imagine. I think. Or if you buy a UCI license, do you then get a USAC license? I don't know. These are these are questions that maybe I should know. Yeah. Well, yeah, as an upgrade official, that probably would be handy in case Although we have I'm somebody... not going to handle anybody who's a <laughs> Cat 1, so it doesn't matter, or... That you don't handle those? No. 
Let's go to the national level. Okay. Well, I guess my all right. My response to that is I don't understand any of it, and but I think if it's like a if it's a race that's open to it's like an open category basically, like anybody who's yeah. good enough can show up. He's good enough. He's not. He's not. He's not really uh, sandbagging in that case. It's not Sven Ness in a Cat Four Five race. Right, I knew we were going to get back around. Just wanted to wind point. him up. Well, I think you, were, I think you were kind of pushing me there. Oh, I was pushing your <laughs> buttons. I was pushing your buttons. I also note that in the 2016 uh, version of the uh, Rock Lobster Cup, that Lawrence Tendam raced it. Oh yeah, looking at some pictures. Of I bet he didn't race. win it though. I uh, don't know if he won it or not. I don't think he did. He's got a big smile on his face, and it looks oh. like he's just having a good time. Yeah, sort of like Sven was having in that Cat Four race that you have such well, a problem with, Matt. Well, hang on a second, because let's go back to DCCX. Do you know what World Tour Pro raced in the Elite? Oh, I do. Yeah. That would be uh, Joe Dombrowski. There you go. How did he do? I think like 20th. That's pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so he's as bad at CX as he is on the road. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, he's, he's a climber. He's a climber. He's... This is off season. When was the last time he won a climb? Just asking for a friend. Sick burn. Gosh, tough crowd. Well, you know, do you Joe know Joe Dombro? Come on, man. Do you know when he turned pro? You know when I think uh, when Rafa signed him, and uh, not Rafa, when Sky, <laughs> Sky signed him as a neo pro, they would they get he got a massive contract. Yeah, like he was going to be the next great thing. And the next thing you know, his nose started bleeding all the time. Hmm. <laughs> Wasn't no. he the one that would that 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 had no, all those bad nosebleeds? No. no, he had the uh, the he had artery. Yeah, he had an arterial leg. issue with his leg. I think he yeah. had nosebleeds too, but I'll, I'll have to look that up. I no, think that was Pantani. He had the issue with his leg, and uh... yeah, he did. And they and it, I guess anyway. Well, that's a whole other story. But yeah, so World Tour pros going in DCCX. I say you know kudos to them for lining up. He was wearing bibs jersey water bottle in his jersey pocket really so what do, what's your guys thoughts on that i think that's like fretting it <laughs> it's it kind of fretting it like, yeah i think he was why don't did you... he have uh did he have a bag under his saddle for with like full of gels <laughs> and tubes maybe and stuff? he maybe he was like in the middle of a long base ride and he was just like did he have a helmet mirror <laughs> he's like let me go dude four hours and then i'll come i'll, I'll come you know i'll finish I'll just here stop, i'll stop by yeah and, and pop and, uh, in pop in and do a little elite race um yeah I, I i've seen people put water bottles in their jersey pockets at cross races like i don't think i've ever been able to I, when do you grab when do you have the time to sit up and like grab a water bottle out of your jersey pocket yeah i i, I very rarely uh grab my water bottle at all in a cross race i sometimes i put it on because i think i'm gonna it is get thirstier or want to drink it and it's just you know when yeah you just never really have time for that and and you actually moment, had you had one didn't you i had one i never touched it yeah i took a couple water hand ups uh and and a, and a Lacroix hand up in the race but uh didn't my bottle just it was so covered in mud by the time i was done halfway done with the first lap that i would have gotten a mouthful of mud if i'd have wanted to drink off of it anyway yeah that's true. That is. Next well, time, straight Camelback. There you go. All right, <laughs> squeak it. Um, so let's move on. Uh, let's go across the uh, pond to the <clears throat> Telenet Super Prestige. 
Nils Albert CX. Boom. Boom. <laughs> and we were discussing, was it a combo, Nils Albert slash Lars Boom yep. race? Uh, but no, it was in Boom. So we've we figured out the we figured Boom. out the naming uh, uh, situation with these races. You've got series sponsor, series name, memorial name of rider who, from whom it's named after, and then location yep. of the race. So yep. we've got all four of those that go into the proper nomenclature of the Belgian cyclocross race. Yes. So if we were to and apply that Dutch. to our local series. Then it we would, would be then this would Roulet Delta, Delta States, States Grand Prix of Cyclocross. Of Cyclocross. Michael, Michael Bodenheimer. Baton Rouge. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. All right. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, all right, time to start renaming your uh That's it. It is your racist. This is it. That that's it. It it will it'll be forever known as that. Well, but each one will have a different name, though. They're not all going to be Michael Bodenham. One no. would be Matt Gandy, for yeah. sure, for sure, right? Definitely. Matt, Matt certainly. He's obviously retired, too. Yeah. Maybe that would be the, I don't know, the Ridgeland one. We'll have to sure. figure out which okay. one that's going to be. Good. We've got a Will Scheftel in there, I was probably. Thinking, yeah, Will Scheftel. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Maybe anyway. maybe all Jersey winners of Delta States, past Jersey winners. So we'd have like a Roseanne Simons. Mm-hmm. Um, that takes your name out of Rusty contention. Bernard. No, no, it doesn't. You oh, won the Cat 5 jersey. Yes, I was the one, one and only year when Cat 5s won a jersey. That's true. Wait, didn't uh, didn't Nate Batts win Cat 5? Oh, he didn't get a jersey because they didn't have the jersey when he did it. No, he won the 4s, I believe. Oh, he won the 4s. Okay. All right. Or maybe he won the 4 5s. Mm, I think he won the four fives. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so I didn't watch the Telenet Super Prestige Niels Albert CX boom. Neither <laughs> um, did I. I don't. I don't even have. You know, I can pull the results up. Uh, Matt, you obviously watched it, right? Uh, I actually went out and rode on Saturday. We're pulling a slow ride podcast here, guys. Yeah, this Whoa, is pretty bad. Oh, hang on. So you're telling me? I'm looking at the results right now. Mod Captains won the women's race. Yeah. She is on fire. And she won. She won Coke the World side. Cup the next day. Yep. Sonicant got second. Anna Marie Worst got third. Mm-hmm. I was just asking last week where she been. And there she, she, yeah, there there she, she is. There she is. U23 uh, world champion. Yeah. Um, very cool. So, yeah. I don't, you know. And then, oh, well, we know that Woot won the men's race. Yes. But he won because... MVDP was leading the race and crashed out. Crashed out as in he broke his bike? Uh, I don't know if he broke his bike, but he hurt his shoulder uh, because the next day he had like all this tape down his arm that kind of looked like a tattoo. Yeah, that was pretty weird. Yeah. Well, it didn't keep him from winning on Sunday. No, it did not. So we're going to go back and watch that race and tell you about it at another wait, time. Oh, wait, no, he what? crashed out, but he got fourth. Oh, okay. <laughs> he finished 22 seconds back from Wout. He broke his arm, <laughs> severed his leg, uh, was concussed, and uh, was impaled on his handlebars and finished fourth. Ran back to the pits with his bike in <laughs> four pieces. Yeah. Stitched up his wounds. Got a pit bike. Yeah. Obviously had to dick around with his shoes for 20 minutes. Got a pit bike and finished fourth. So did he crash? That's what happened. 
because and he fought a bear. Did he? Cr- <laughs> did he crash because then maybe the super prestige promoters raised the barriers on the men? Is that? Did they raise the barriers on the men or lower the barriers on the women? Apparently this year they lowered the barriers for the women's race. And it wasn't like they put in different barriers. They rerouted them to a different set of barriers. Oh, really? Interesting. So Are they, they trying to encourage hmm. women to bunny hop the barriers more and figure that if they're a little lower, they'll be more inclined to try to bunny hop them? I think maybe that's the reasoning. Although If I only read, we'd watched it, <laughs> we would know a, if, if that was the case. If only I watched it, B, if only I could Google Translate work better because the article i read it was really hard to understand um no it was a belgian belgian article Be- belgian language article it was Dutch. translated to english and it just really barely made any sense um so yes that is my that's my suspicion that if they lower them they're easier yeah. to bunny hop then more women will bunny hop then the race is more exciting but we all know that the women's races are exciting as they are yes I don't know the size of the barriers that Ellen's hopping, but if Ellen's hopping in them, then obviously they're hoppable, and just the rest of the field will... Well, they didn't lower the barriers in, in Jingle Cross and, and no. Waterloo for the women, and so she those was are, hopping them just right, like the so men. Right, so they're full size, so yeah. the rest of the women will see that there's an advantage to hopping the barriers, and they'll eventually run those skills, and like, you know, I think that now most of the men can bunny hop the barriers, but I'm, I didn't really watch Cross seven or eight years ago but i'm assuming no not everybody was hopping the barriers right so it's just like i think very few would have been hopping the barriers back then i think uh i think that uh sven was kind of one of the um you know guys at the forefront of that because he came from bmx before before cross so you know he had uh he had a lot of bike skills from that there was some cat five barrier hopping at dsgp this weekend guys do you call that that? barrier hopping (laughs) barrier crashing barrier steamrolling well yeah was that casey rogers on the fat bike who it was good stuff trying to hop and just well i think getting your front wheel over and then having your rear wheel slam into it and actually tip the barrier over i don't know if that really counts as hopping yeah. definitely riding the barriers though riding definitely rode he rode <laughs> definitely rode them yes yeah i mean i guess if you get the front wheel over the rear wheel's got to come over somehow yeah sometimes i think they sometimes took a, it does took a chunk out of the took a chunk out of the top of the barrier with his uh with his with his uh drivetrain yeah. Anyway, we're uh, this is that's foreshadowing. Yeah. Right yeah. There. We'll so, get back to that. Well, that's all I have on the Super Prestige. Um, so that, on Sunday was Zon, not Zonhoven. Sorry. Cokeside. Wait. 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 Sorry. What? <laughs> What's Sunday that? Sunday was not Zonhoven. It was Cokeside. Another Sandy race. <laughs> um, and I'm really bummed I didn't get to watch it because it's. I'll enjoy watching that course. I, I like the venue. Um, it's just a class. It's just one of the classic venues. It is. Yeah, a lot of sand. It's funny because they're both sandy races, but they're actually very different. It's yeah, really not, more of a slog, a of, isn't it? It's a real yeah. slog in Coxider. There's a lot of long running sections. Yeah. Uh, it's where not where, as ele- not as much elevation. No, it doesn't have the elevation, but there are like just long sand sections that have to be. You ride as far as you can into them, and then a lot, and then a lot of running. This year, it seemed to be pretty rideable the sand was, a lot of it was very rideable yeah, yeah was was pretty packed down i don't know if they'd gotten some rain they had a little they had had a little rain previous. which made it a little firmer yeah um 
And they, of course, they did have some wind, but not obviously like enough wind like they had uh, the year before. Right. This is also a little foreshadowing. Uh, but. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's go into the results. So, yeah, I watched the I, women's race. I saw the women's race. race. Yeah. I, I didn't the, see that. Oh, okay, you guys yep. watched it? Yep. When yep. did you get? Oh, you watched it Sunday morning. Yep. No, I watched it uh, in replay. Oh. Uh, I watched it Sunday morning while I was getting ready uh, to go to DSGP. I tried to get it to work, but Firefox and Hala were not were not working for me in the morning. They weren't talking to each other, were no. they? Yeah. Well, if you'd ponied up for uh, a an NBC, I've actually got to say the NBC Sports Gold app has really stepped up this year. There's a lot more racing on it. So can I? It's actually pretty good value. Stepped up in content. It? In content, yeah. The yeah. the the amount of content and the the quality of stuff that they're showing. And what about the technically? Because I know that people have had problems with the feed sometimes going out or freezing up. or There have been issues, but I think for the most... I mean, there's been like... I've noticed that there's been two races where it's kind of gone down. and But if you sign up for their... Um, for their like, If you're on their Twitter thing, they'll post on Twitter and say, Hey, we're going to show this uh, open on the other... They'll If they have a problem with that, they'll like transfer it to one of the other NBC services. Hmm. And so they're, they're trying... I think they're doing the best... I, Hey, they're pretty. They're now the only game in town, really, in the U.S. Right? Cycling TV is closing down. Um, yeah, so wait, should I just? So, I mean, I, obviously, it's a. They're gonna have the classics and stuff like that, right? So I should just. Some of them. Do they have the tour? They have the tour, and they have the wealth. So I should. How much is it? It's like thirty a year, I think. That's not bad. So this is the app. Yeah. Can you watch in your your computer? Yes. So it's like the tour tracker where you can just there's a browser. It's just no, it doesn't. It's just the it's app. just the screen view. Uh, maybe on the maybe on the you know what maybe on the um, desktop app it might have other data. I'm not sure. I only I I usually have it on my phone. So does this so it so is, are you you're, are you getting the same feed? If I would if I would have gone to the UCI YouTube channel, used a VPN and watched it from you know you would have had Ant McCrossan. Doing the commentary. And NBC also has yep. Ant McCrossin. Yes. Who I heard is also just still terrible at his job. He's okay. This is what, this is what Twitter keeps saying. Uh, I think people are hard on him. He's, he's all right. He's okay. You know. I, yeah. He speaks English, and I can understand what he's saying. So I, I can never under I could never. I was like, he's like, yo, tweet at me at Ant McCrossin. I'm like, who? That, who's Your name is Ant? Yeah. Anthony. Anthony. Okay, but Man. it's awesome because he does cross, and his name's McCrossin, <laughs> so that's how he got the gig. Personally, no. <laughs> I like the guy a lot. I I I, I got used. He gets to... a lot of heat on the twitters. I I understand yeah. why he gets heat. He kind of is not doesn't understand cross. It seems. Well, you know what? He's he's actually really. I think he knows what he's talking about. For the he, but you know what? He has to cover. He covers like everything. He covers everything from track cycling to road cycling to cross. To, and he, he, he does, probably does like you know bike ballet and uh, polo and uh, he does the races gymnastics. on his own too. He doesn't have any color yeah, help, just, and so I mean, imagine having to do that to sit there and, and I don't know why they can't play, find play someone the race. Help him out. Sometimes, sometimes he has uh, other people with him, but yeah. All right, All right well, anyway. let's talk about the race. Yeah. So Maud Captain's was just again. I mean, Don't rode it. off the front and and rode on her own. Just dominated the race. Yep. Uh, you know, Sophie DeBoer was in the shot with her. 
uh, a few times as uh, as they made their way around, but you know I'm assuming the camera foreshortened the 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 lead a bit because she was never really in um, contention. No, um, and Sophie was was uh, on her own for the most part in second for the whole race, and then there was a smaller pack behind. Uh, Sonic Kant did her sort of you know ride around in eighth seventh sixth fifth fourth and then finish in third um again this week seems to be how she's been playing it for most of the season and uh so it wasn't it wasn't a great race from the perspective of um competition it wasn't super tight i mean the the real kind of racing was happening in that group behind really wasn't it yes and uh uh Caitlin Keogh was riding super strong in it for a Did while. Did she get eighth place? Yeah, she was actually sitting third for a while. Oh, really? And uh, I think kind of faded towards the end. And Katie Compton, I think, she, did she end up fifth? She mm-hmm. ended up fifth. Yeah, she was she was looking really strong, but um, kind of petered out a bit to the end. I think that was the thing about like Sana, and this is we've seen this recently, is that she just has that staying power and tenacity. So she's able to last. And she's it, able to last yeah. and like pace herself really well, whereas others kind of blow up towards the end. Um, I think, uh, f- was it fourth place for, where did Nikki Bramier finish? Maybe fourth? No, Nikki ninth. Bramier finished in ninth. It oh, was, ninth, uh, okay. She really uh, blew Low up then. Cells that cells, finished that's right. in fourth. And um, yeah, so it was, you know, great. It's just great to watch people ride around that course, but it didn't have the didn't have the dazzle of some of the the competitive dazzle of some of the other uh, women's World Cup races of the yeah. last couple years. So I see on here that Yolanda Neff uh, was in the race. She was, yeah. She finished fourteenth, and I don't really know much about her, but I do know that she's kind of a rock star mountain biker, women's world champion. Okay, <laughs> well, so, hey, <laughs> yeah, she's got that going for her. Yeah. So is this kind of a little bit like uh, Woot showing up, not Woot, uh, MVDP showing up at mountain bike races? And nobody knows who he is? Yeah. And he finishes second? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, she, I mean, she got 14th. But yeah. that's, I mean, it's cool to see that the mountain bike world champion is racing cross, too. So, Well, let's not forget. And you know what's kind of a little bit of a disappointment? Uh, I know she's had some trouble uh, recently, some problems. But um, uh, no, I've just gone and complete. Uh, uh, Pauline Ferron Prevost. Yeah. Gotta remember, where, she was she road, at? cross, and mountain bike champion in the same year. Uh, you know, and uh, she's never really. She's now actually, I think, French mountain bike champion again, uh, but she's never really regained that incredible form that she had there. And she was really young as well when she did that. And I think the pre- I think she had a real hard time handling the pressure of all that. Yeah. No, it's a shame. I mean, I kind of remember. The year she won, I guess it was when did she win the CX World Championship? Because she beat Sana, and Sana had sort of made a comment about you know she just just moonlighting as a cyclocross racer and just coming in. Well, if you're able to, yeah, I, mean, I guess so. Let's I mean let's not forget you know Denik Stebar, that was one of the best. I think uh, world championships I've seen him and Sven. That and Stebar was starting from like the seventh, eighth row or something. Phenom- that was a phenomenal race. Yeah, incredible always. that was just two masters going at it i get chills thinking about that race and i've watched that uh, the crosshairs episode of that many times 
Um, I like to put that one on every now and then just to see. I mean, it just really is the best of the best, isn't it? It really is. No. Um, so somehow we were talking about the women's results and we just talked about Stebar and Sven. So, <laughs> so men's yeah. results, uh, fairly predictable. Matthew Vanderpoel, uh, again, off the front uh, for the majority of the race, uh, wins by uh, 40, 50 seconds over second place Lars Vanderhaar and uh, Wout not too far behind him in third. Uh, didn't watch the race, so uh, I, I saw five or ten minutes of it on uh, Butch Sims's cell phone as we were prepping for uh, DSGP, kind of setting up the tents. He had it, he had it playing on his phone, so I watched a little bit of it, but an, enough of it to see that it was the same old, same old. And um, well, I mean, it, it's interesting that Lars, you know, Lars is looking really good, right? He I mean, is. I think he's he's uh, really coming into contention against Wout. Uh, uh, certainly but I, I got to listen to a bit of it my uh, daughter wouldn't let me watch it while I was driving to Baton Rouge probably not a bad idea Carson <laughs> and uh, so you know I was listening to Aunt McCrossan's wonderful commentary and I watched I don't know it was uh, probably about to about 20 yeah. minutes into the race and Wout was the only one who was able to stay with um, with MVDP until MVDP just does what he does and just put, I mean he just he put everybody on the limit and he was riding sections that Wout was having to run. He was still he was still on the bike and he would just open up a couple more seconds and then a couple more seconds. Yeah, and uh, you know. Just, well, he he really powers through the sand. Yeah, I watched just, I watched the highlights, and that's and yeah, that's where he would gain time, and that's where I guess Wout was burning matches trying to stay with him. Um, I did see that Wout had a bit of a mechan- mechanical, and and he he rode backwards on the course for a brief moment. Yeah, what's the rules on that? As long as you don't pass the exit of the pit, oh. you can turn around. I mean, you can. You could go into the exit of the pit, I believe. Interesting. You can also turn around and go back to the because I'm sure that the, um, you know, the the pits in the World Cups are organized by country, right? So the Belgians, I believe, are at the front or right at the entrance. They pit lanes. Right. So it was closer for him to backtrack. To backtrack. Well, but it once wouldn't you... be by Bel- country. It would be by teams, surely, because Telenet Fidea is going to have Dutch riders and Belgian yes, riders by teams. I mean, if it was a, I'm. No. Surely all of the Talon at Fidea crew are going to be no. in one place. World Cups, it's organized by country. Wow, that's interesting. So every rider has his own guy. Well, I mean, or girl, on Talon at Fidea, they've, or lady. Well, now I guess they've got three. Well, depending on the race. Not, we're Fidea, talking. Talon Fidea would have to have like, oh, I, because they got per country. Wait, I could see how it would be like that for world championships. But even in the World Cup, even though it's a team Do You guys sport? obviously don't listen to the Bike Shop CX, though. Okay. Nope, we Fair don't. Fair enough. <laughs> Learned something today. <laughs> All right. That uh, seems odd to me. Yeah. So they say before the World Cups, the team team manager meeting, whatever, they pick the lanes. What I heard is Belgians don't want to be next to the Dutch. That's, they always try to be the opposite ends of the pit. And then, like, so Cliff... Cliff team Cliff Bar or a club, yeah. the women's Cliff team tries to get Canada and um, uh, who, Czechoslovakia. 
next to each other, right? Because right. that's where they got Magali and Katrina Nash. But they yeah. also have an Italian writer. This is what I hear. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, the whole reason I said that was that's why Wout turned around maybe. And I guess he almost ran into Lawrence Sweek. I tried to find a video of this, but I couldn't. So, All right. Well, okay. Well, I've, also, I've learned have two look, new things. Today. I need to look that up. All right. Interesting. So, uh, Matt, your uh, your countryman, uh, yes, Tom Pidcock. Tom Pidcock won the U twenty three race. Enough said. Great wheelie picture of him in coming both the races line. this weekend. Yeah, he uh, he won. So he's he won. Twenty three is he? But he's nineteen, or is he just? He a junior? just turned eighteen. So he's he's racing up. He no, could, he, he could be racing juniors. Uh, I don't think he can do juniors anymore. I'm not sure. I thought it was like un- juniors is under it. Maybe he's turned 19 then. Well, I guess his racing age. If he just turned 18, his racing world age is 19 is next year, and his birthday at the end of that year, he would be 19. Right. So, so he has to race U23. So he's, he's a very young. He's the youngest, probably like the youngest U23 guy out there, and he's just and he actually he started. I he's think, raced some elite races too. He's raced. Yeah, he finished fourth in an elite race or something like. Or yeah. I don't know. Tw- or Top so, 10, ninth or something, yeah. So, yeah, he's ridiculous. So you, you know this guy, though, right? Like, I mean, he's... you. He's actually from my uh, You guys hometown. went to Exeter together or something like that? Actually, yeah? he's from... I think he was born in Otley, which is where uh, Lizzie uh, Dagnan is uh, is from. Um, but I think he might live in Ilkley. I'm not sure, uh, which is my hometown. But, uh, yeah, he's... You guys uh, have had fish and chips no. bus stop together. No, we have not. <laughs> You're, no, you're eating fish. And chips. I don't. I don't hang out in bus stops with minors. It's. Uh, <laughs> well, if they have a lot of good fish and chips. <laughs> well, they do. It's Yorkshire, of course they do. Man, that sounds yeah. kind of good. It does. Yeah, with mushy do, peas. Do British people put? You put vinegar on your fries. Yeah, malt vinegar on now, your do chips. You, do you? Some of that get on the fish. The fish too. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got oh, yeah. vinegar on the fish put it all too. Over everything. Okay. Salt and vinegar. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Salt and vinegar, mushy peas, tartar sauce. Wait, what? What are mushy peas? They're like mashed big, up peas. It's like imagine refried beans, but made with like big fat peas. Green oh, peas. Green yeah, peas. Yeah, but big ones, marrow fat peas, which are like really big. You can't get those here. It's hard to find them. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's really good. With, okay. With a little bit of mint sauce. So mm. you guys want to stay on <laughs> cyclocross, or do you guys want to go talk about? Uh, oh no! Well, I have one more thing on that. So Tom Pidcock, here's the thing. Yesterday, was it? Why was he not racing in a Telenet Fidea kit, but racing in a British cycling kit? Good question. He was I on... saw that you asked him that question. I still haven't had an answer. I don't understand oh, well, why. You asked, well, because you asked him on... Uh, the Instagrams? Christophe Ramon's photo of him. Oh. Not, you didn't I don't like know him. how to use social media. <laughs> I need to get uh, Tom Pitcock to show me how to use social media. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it, it he it's probably that, it probably reposted something from Snapchat, and I don't you know yeah, so therefore you need, you need to send him a snap. Yeah, I don't. Okay. So they don't wear national jerseys in the U twenty threes. They still wear their team jerseys. Um, but he was wearing a British cycling skin well, suit. Well, he's the British U twenty three national champion. Right, he wasn't wearing a national champions. I don't. No, he not wasn't wearing national, his national champion, champion bands. He was wearing a team British cycling team kit. I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. Well, it, it this somewhat fits into my discussion of pit lanes being based on mm-hmm. country of origin. So let me ask you this: Is it possible that that was a stock 
image of him not from uh, the race? No, because that was yes. Christoph Ramon's shot of him, right? W- or was it Christoph Ramon? old shot. He yeah. wasn't actually at the race. Possibly. He didn't show up until the, the elites. I don't know. We'll, huh. Okay, we'll have to do some research on this. So, Should have done that before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, God, amateur. Um, okay, so okay. now we're going to decide whether we stick with Cyclocross and talk about DSGP, or do we stick with the pros and talk about uh, the last bit of the, the, fu- the death throes of road cycling <laughs> for 2017. <laughs> it's like on the ground, writhing, <laughs> near death, but we had Japan Cup, which is a fake race. No. More of that. But no, it's not. And we also had the Taiwan KOM Challenge. Yes. Wait, and there's also this tour of Guanjani or something. Guanxi. Guanxi. Yeah. Yeah. Guanxi. Yeah. There's that one. So this is the Let's time, of the, this is the time of the road season where, where, this, where South Asia gets a hold of road cycling and chokes its last breath out of it. Right. <laughs> And here's okay. So this here's what doesn't make sense to me. Why don't they have instead of all those horrible desert races? Why don't they have the Asian races and the Australia races around about the same time? Mm-hmm. Instead of like ones at the end of the season and then another month or so later. Well, the easy answer to your later, they have uh, you know the others at the beginning of the season. The easy answer to your question is oil money, of course. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that that they get to do what they want. Because they get to do what they want. The the uh, they get to have their terrible, boring, dull, awful yeah. races. That's right. Yep. And then we've that got nobody goes to watch these fairly picturesque, beautiful races in South Asia at the yep. end of the season when everybody's watching cyclocross. Yeah, that that seems that seems wrong to me. And so anyway okay so you're saying the japan cup is not a fake race no the fake race is the saitama criterium and i think that's coming up this week okay and that's the one where they all get in the sumo gear and it's you know that we (laughs) we had a little discussion about this peter sagan or trade was at the front of the crit that's right yeah yeah so we were saying that for this year Hopefully, Froome and Sagan will be there, right? That's right. You had a great idea for this. So, yeah, Froome, Froome the uh, uh, four-time Tour de France champion. Yeah. You know? And one-time... Welter winner. Welter uh, winner, that's right. Yep. Uh, as well as having won multiple different jerseys uh, in these various races. Uh, and Sagan being the three-time reigning world champion. Uh, Matt and I were envisioning a fantastic hype video for the Saitama Criterium, Saitama Criterium, where they're sitting around, you know, in there, uh, uh, sitting around with the, the the swords and the drums and and all this sort of stuff, sort of trying to one up each other. And uh, Froome is uh, Froome uh, takes off his takes off his Japanese robe, his to kimono, reveal, his kimono to reveal his his red uh, vuelta jersey um at to which at which point sagan takes off his robe to reveal his world champion jersey Froome now unzips <laughs> his red vuelta jersey to reveal what's what would I'm be thinking it's more like a, it, it should be like a stripper style thing yeah. so it's velcro so he can just yeah, tear it just off. tears it off yeah uh to reveal the uh let's Tour say he, no he, he reveals his king uh, of the mountains jersey king maybe. of the mountains jersey oh, uh, from the vuelta to which 
you know, Sagan looks over. Oh, oh no, he got the green home. jersey in the Vuelta. Yeah, that's right. right. Green jersey in the Vuelta, to which Sagan, you know, looks over and and then, you know, rips off his <laughs> world championship jersey to reveal his second world champion jersey, <laughs> to which Froome then looks to him, rips off his, revealing his yellow jersey from the tour, to which yeah. Sagan then looks over and <laughs> very sternly looks at him, ripping off his world championship jersey to reveal his third world championship jersey underneath yeah but but that's Sagan over three years and that's don't, 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 no, let's not year. let's not sweat those kind so, of details yeah. i think did, didn't Sagan win a classic this year mm. uh what did he win no he got beat in milan san ramo by so he was, well, not a monument but he might have won a smaller classic so he right? would re- reveal his world championship jersey and then he would reveal DQ'd from like a like a white jersey with Sharpie yeah, yeah. as a DQ. No, this, <laughs> like a green jersey where like yeah Sharpie says DQ. No, this clip jersey. only works because he's he's ripping off the it's world championship three, jersey. Three world championship jerseys. Right, that's the hilarious. That's the hilarious it, part of it. Come on, We're, I don't know. All right, do you do you want us to pitch it again? <laughs> so what is the Japan Cup, Matt? If it's not the Saitama Criterium? Okay, the Japan Cup is a two-stage race. Mm-hmm. There is a road race and a Criterium. Okay, and it seems to be apparently a legitimate race. Okay, it's actually a UCI two-one um, or whatever, or one of those kind of things. All right, so uh, Matt, what who would give me uh, give me some results? Who won the uh, the the uh, Japan Cup? Uh, Japan Cup was won by Marco Canolo of Nippo Vini Fantini. He's had a great year racing. I think six wins he's had this year. Um, he won both stages. Yeah. And uh, Okay, yeah. so my apologies. Not a fake race. Completely had that confused with the Saitamo Criterium. I did which, too. Which is a fake race that is designed to come down to a sprint between Chris Froome and Peter Sagan. Yes. And uh, will undoubtedly do so whenever that happens we will next talk week. about that next week yes so taiwan kom challenge also southeast asia uh, uh this yep. or south so asia worst retirement episode 27 or something i guess so it will be yeah phil gaming was there he was finished sixth a lot <laughs> yep. of hype about uh him you know taking it to these guys and you know he's a kom expert right hill climbing fool he is uh he holds the record for halia Kea, right in uh in uh, Hawaii, Hawaii, which is like a similar kind of effort, I guess. It's a nuts climb. I think it's a bit higher, actually, than this. The KOM. But maybe Taiwan a little KOM bit shorter finished, distance. Taiwan KOM finished at uh, just over 10,000 feet. Sea level but I mean, 10, no 000. one really thought that he could beat Vincenzo Nibley. Well, that was, you know, I mean. I think he was hoping to... Vincenzo didn't show up. Or, or Vincenzo on season didn't show up. And mm. Vincenzo off season, you know. Yeah, Vincenzo, who just won the race of the Falling Leaves, so was obviously carrying some pretty decent form. That's true. He was on form, <laughs> and, and he uh, won it solo for the last, at least the last several K. Yeah. I think it was about, I think it's about 85 K. Uh, the whole race is like 100, just over 100 K. Okay. Yep, 100 K, and he did it in three hours and 18 minutes, all uphill. Wait, hang on. So this is a mass sea level to ten over 10,000 feet. This is a mass start. Mass start. start. Men, Men and women, women, amateur, pro. How everybody. many people? So you like? So okay, it's mass start. Yeah. But let's say you're at the end. Is it mm-hmm. like they do with Grand Fondos, where once you cross the start line, 
your timer begins. So uh, you could technically be at the end of a huge wave and climb faster than people who finish in front of you. It, it was not that big of an event. I don't think so. But, I mean, there are a lot of people show up for it, but I, I'm sure they start them in, kind of start them in waves. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to put Vincenzo Nibali at the front and Phil Guyman and, uh, you know, other, and, and Cuddles was there. That's right. Cuddles finished 10th. Uh, so they're going to put those guys at the front for that. I mean, talk about actually retired, actually really, really retired. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Emma Pooley won it. Another one of your Emma countrymen. Pooley won it second year in a row for the women. Uh, it was an all British women's podium. And not only that, but Emma Pooley earned as much m prize money as Vincenzo Nibali. Cool. And raced, and that's raced the exact see. same course. That's Started. what we want right. to see. Yeah. Raced. Cool. They all so, raced together. They all race the same course, right? And it's equal payout. So I think Vincenzo finished in three hours eighteen minutes, ish, and Emma Pooley smashed her previous time. I think she finished in four hours ten or something like that last year. She did it in like three forty-eight. Yeah, I was going to say year. she finished about a half an hour after Nibali, which is, I mean, pretty amazing, phenomenal. And the third place woman's rider looked to be like an amateur. She just like showed up and like sat down next to them, like in the kind of like recovery area, area, area. And, and she was wearing like a Rafa kit or something. Like she a, was wearing ASOS, but she had like ASOS London. Like I don't know if she works for ASOS in London or whatever, but like, and she had like big like hipster glasses on, like kind of like Terry Gar glasses. Uh, that's one for the younger listeners. And uh, Terry Gar, Terry Gar was in the the Bride of Young Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, Terry Gar was she no was. Terry Gar was in. Uh... Let's not get yeah. distracted. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> a lot yeah, of 80s movies. Anyway, so she uh, so she's got these big old uh, like mom glasses on and uh, and everything, and she's like she's like oh oh I'm really tired kind of thing. It was just kind of bizarre watching that at the end there, and then seeing everybody like get, like literally climb onto the podium afterwards. Yeah, it was it's. I think this is a great format, and I want to see more of this kind of stuff. Guys, well, we could go over there and do this at some point because they can. do this as a fondo. I don't think they I do think it. They do at it the three same time. times a year. Yeah. So yeah. Well, well, let's just start here in New Orleans, and we'll have a hill climb challenge here. Sounds yes. great. <laughs> so Monkey Hill. Speaking of phenomenal women racers, I just on some transfer news. I thought this was an interesting uh, move uh, that American. Uh, writer Skylar Snyder, who's only who's only 19, but has kind of been super dominant force on the domestic crit scene for quite a while. Her and her sister, um, I think she's uh, raised. She's from Wisconsin. Signed with Bulls Domans. So wow, young but American. Her sister didn't. No, her sister's older. Not quite. I don't. I mean, I, I think maybe it's like she's 19, so the potential there is a little bit more. Right. Although we know that women can. Uh, race longer or you know peak later in their years so speaking of Emma Pooley yes yeah so just I don't know Bulls Doman big team new world champion team um, so that's that's pretty cool great to see a young American rider going to that team yeah, yeah. exactly so well hey here's a segue for you speaking of segue. dominant dominant women yeah Let's get around to the main event, and let's talk about uh, DSGP, Dell State's Grand Prix of Cyclocross in Baton Rouge, and uh, what can only be described as an incredibly dominant performance 
by uh, your uh, dear friend. <laughs> uh, My namesake. Your, your namesake. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Emily Bissett. Uh, that is the aforementioned Emily Bissett uh, crushing the women's field uh, in the race this weekend. Congratulations, Emily. Yeah. And uh, congratulations, Bodie, to you for being able to kick back in your retirement and uh, and watch your uh, watch your lady blow some people away. Yeah. She looked pro. Totally. Matt and I looked at each other and said, "She looks pro." Yep. She'll be glad to hear that. AF pro AF. So you, sir, are going to have to start honing your wrenching skills and your bike washing <laughs> skills. <laughs> She see a lot of that in your. Today. See a lot of that in your future. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I. I don't know much about wrenching, so I guess I need to start learning. Yeah. Yep. Um, maybe learn how to pass off a pit bike. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Then luckily, I mean, she had no pit equipment, so luckily nothing. Uh, nothing caused any uh, mechanicals. Yeah. So let's. Let's, let's mean, talk about the race. Or well, the race is. The race is. Yeah. Uh, once again, uh, Delta States opens up with quite a race. Um, this is their second year in a row opening the series at uh, this park in Baton Rouge. And possibly the last. <laughs> and possibly the last. Yeah, so someone posted before the race uh, the Bodie, weather you, history. That was, yeah. you, was that you, Bodie? Yeah, that was yeah. The weather history of DSGP. Year one, rain. Year two, dry. Year three, rain. Year four, dry. Year five, question mark would was, the pattern hold would the pattern hold and it, it did. didn't just hold it uh in spades it yeah, held in spades well actually, it added in a new factor well i mean actually it what happened is it rained a lot the day before yep so the ground was soggy and then it rained when i got there it wasn't raining no and it wasn't raining and throughout it was the whole hot. warm up and everything it's sun had it was come like out almost 90 degrees but it was raining that morning on uh when i was driving up yeah it was raining in new orleans but maybe so it rained early anyway yeah. so it wasn't raining during the cat five women's four five juniors race an apocalyptic storm blew in came yeah. through and paused the race they it, it it blew down the course course tape everywhere tents flying around yeah like like it was Wizard of Oz. The uh, Red Bull arch over the start-finish line blew down. Those things, inflatable arches have a tendency <laughs> to fall down. We had an Adam Yates moment, didn't we? Well, this that's the second Adam Yates moment <laughs> I was we've had say, at DSGP. I DSGP before. Yeah. In fact, um, the, the only like other just, time just... they had the Red Bull arch, it blew down. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, a, that was a generator running out of gas problem. This was a... <laughs> <laughs> Mother Nature. Blown down by the... Yeah, by the front. So I want, front I want to give came him, in, yeah, and just that was interesting. They paused the race, um, and then they lined everybody. Well, the arch came down right in front of like a whole line of riders coming right up to it, and they and in true cross form, they just shouldered their bikes and tried to jump <laughs> over the thing. Yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, I missed the whole arch coming down. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that well, was the first. That was the first sign that things were falling apart. Was and, when the arch blew down, and then the roof of your tent blew off. That's right. And, and then uh, <laughs> actually Taylor's tent. Sorry, Taylor. So that's why I went the roof of Taylor's tent it, literally blew across the course towards this pond. Yeah. <laughs> and me and some and other then, guy. 
everything just started blowing around. The I would estimate to- what? It was probably 60 mile an hour wind gusts. Yeah, that was insane. It, it was, was blowing like a hurricane. your toolbox off the table. Yep. Shout out to Ben Allen pulling some major dance moves, holding holding a tent and having one foot on your race number and one foot on my race number yeah. to hold them down. On. Yeah, we were just getting ready to pin up when this happened, so we had our race numbers sitting out on the table, and those went wild. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, but it but it passed, right? Yep. Ten minutes of ten minutes of epic wins, uh, and then twenty to thirty minutes of epic rain. Yeah. So about a forty-five minute delay. And then they restarted the fives and the women's did, four fives. And did two laps. Did right? a two lap, which actually led to a pretty pretty epic finale. It was sort of, uh, to use a Formula One analogy, they sort of red flagged the race, mm-hmm. and then they restarted it. And they restarted it in the order that the riders had been in, but without the gaps. Yeah. Um, and so... And there had uh, been some pretty big there gaps. There were some decent gaps. Yeah. And what's interesting is the Cat 5 race, there was a there was that there was that uh, battle between Eric Stewart and Daniel Swan. Yep. And right before the race is paused, Daniel Swan gets a flat. He runs to the pit mm. and starts changing his flat in the pit. And I'm like, yeah, you might as well finish the race. You want to get that mass start. And then the race is paused. Hmm. So... Interesting. Then... He I just, need to get a ruling on that. Does he does he lose his position because he was in the pits? Well, he went in the position they called him up in the position they last went through, right? But the officials, yeah, the last place that they went through. So that's why you had like juniors interspersed with like oh, everybody right. was right. So interesting. He lucked out, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, he, Mother Nature threw him a bone. Actually, I think ends up finishing. I almost ended up fair. winning that race. Yeah, I, th- I think all's fair in love and wind. You know, with yeah. that, I think. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. Eric Eric was ahead because yeah. uh, he had gotten a flat, and then Eric beat him in the sprint. Yep. So, uh, Great yeah. race. Those guys are super strong. They will be racing fours very soon. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, so then uh, Emily won the women's four five. Won yep. it going uh, away. Uh, now, was, Emily was, was not see. feeling great before the yeah, race. Yeah, she right? uh, woke up that morning. It was raining. Uh, it was dark. <laughs> I was I was tired. So she was like, actually okay. It was just raining and dark, and didn't she didn't want to get out of bed. She didn't want to. She did not want to get out of bed. She didn't feel good. Um, taking cold medicine the day before, yeah. and uh, yeah, I was like, man, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. Now, did uh, that cold medicine come in a jiffy bag from uh, from Brad Wiggins? <laughs> oh or God, it's uh, funny, I made a joke to her about that <laughs> about the jiffy bag. She says, "What popcorn?" Um, yeah, so it was cool that uh, Delta State's Grand Prix. Is offered a second women's race, the women's four or five. Yep. Um, there's not a ton of women uh, last year. This year, because of Emily and Elise and Allie and Christina, they have got got a bunch of women interested in cross. And now we 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 had a women's four or five of ten, yep. and a women's open of eight. Yeah, that's right. Most of those women came out and raced the open race as well. Yes, which might sound paltry, but in in our area, those are that's solid great... women's fields so hopefully this continues on um that was i mean that overall that race was a big big field for us wasn't it It was 23 cat fives uh 10 women and 10 juniors were out at the a same lot of people time. on the course on a very short course very short course yeah um so that was a good race um how did you guys race go 
Yeah, we had a okay. race nest. Yeah. Next. I think your race went very My well. race went better than Matt's. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, you I, kind of I, I, I slotted in. I finished fifth. Um, that's kind of your territory. That's yeah, good that's my for territory. your injuries you yeah. had this year. I mean, absolutely. How'd you? how how? How were your tires? What'd you ride? What was your PSI? I was. Uh, oh, we doing some tire talk in the middle of this. Let's break into it. Oh, yeah, nice. let's break into yeah. it. So tire actually, talk. tire talk. Come on. Let's talk about tires. Let's talk about FMB. Let's talk about all the good things. Gator skin. Let's talk about tires. Matt and I had a very um, interesting conversation just before the race as we were talking about dialing in the PSI and Matt's mm. recommendation, uh, which I followed, was to add, I would say I probably added about four or five PSI to both my tires, the thinking being uh, that the course was soft. Wasn't a whole lot of traction that you really needed What and what traction you were going to get, you were going to be getting from your tread and not from your pressure. Uh, mm. And so we both elected to add a little bit of uh, pressure to our tires uh, because it was I, I so wet. I found the thing was the grass is very, the grass, because it was wet grass, it was actually very slow. And actually yeah. running softer pressure would have made you even slower. Slower, yeah. That's right. So so did you, there? so there was what looked to be one technical off-camber section where maybe yeah. really supple, low pressure would help. Yes. How did you guys... I honestly think it was so muddy and so soft over there that it didn't matter whether you had, you know, 33 PSI or 25 PSI at that point. Your The traction that I was getting in those sections, uh, if if there was any traction to be had, which in some of those sections, there really was not. I mean, it was a controlled slide through some of that mud, uh, especially on some of the downhill yeah, off-cambers. Was, I mean, it wasn't like you were pedaling through it. You were no. just doing a, a you so, know, like a... Sort of a downhill tripoding. Downhill tripod, yeah. Yeah. And um, and then as Matt said, the there was a long, long sort of power section through the grass that was slow and, and would have just felt that much slower. It was really slow if you had no power, which was uh, where I was, but yeah. Um, yeah, that didn't look fun. I, I, uh, I've, I've been in those kind of races and uh, those long, flat, super soggy uh, courses are just right terrible they're just a they just burn your legs up um so, yeah because i was thinking you know the last really money race that was ridgeland and that had a lot of elevation so when it was you could carry speed ev- downhill even in yeah. the super muddy stuff and you kind of kind of have a little bit of a rest but uh and then it be- but then it also becomes more of a battle of being technically good through the tough stuff yeah and this race had that one section didn't it i mean that one part of the course which was pretty technical and there were definitely like the lines to take i found that um taking the kind of the the sven line wide all the way on the outside of the tape around the bend and then like if it was a switch you know like you're coming back the other way you would cut across the mud on the straight right and then get onto the outside on going the other way on the bend. i think our race was the last one where there actually was still a little bit of an outside line on some of those turns i think we chewed it up pretty good and by the time the rest of the fields were racing yeah but it was just all and, yeah. it was all mud. the fours would have really torn it up um uh in their race but uh i you know i mean i knew i was i i was not not doing well i was having a lot of physical issues or whatever but i think technically i rode really well and i didn't i never went down i i rode i, I ran those the belgian gates the first time 
and then I rode them every other lap because I discovered they were rideable. The only like section on there to dismount was that one section coming up to the Belgian gates, and I would dismount on the corner at the top there, run round that um, that from the left-hander to the right-hander, and then remount and ride down the Belgian gates, and then ride up the other side of the Belgian gates. So it was it was actually still pretty rideable, and what I liked was it was a short course. From from it being a short course was you had a lot of laps to actually really hone your technique. Hmm. So it was like a train. It was for well, me. It practice. Was a, it was definitely a practice race for yeah. me. Yeah. And and but that was good actually. That's where I kind of like. I was like, okay, the first couple of laps really sucked. I was hurting so much, and then I was like, kind of started to settle down a bit, and really just figured out. It's like, hey, I'm not going to catch that guy up there. The guy behind me is not going to catch me. I'm gonna. I'm just going to work on my on my technique through this and I actually really enjoyed it. It That's the thing about cross is that that can be fun. Whereas you might be in a road race and you might get shelled from the the group and then you're just riding by yourself, which could be fun, but to be able to practice, I mean that, that is like a, it's like solving a puzzle, right? It's a little bit of a mental challenge. Like, Ooh, how do I navigate myself through this technical area? Right. And what did I learn last time? And then you like, oh, I just rode this one section. I've never been able to ride. And you get like a little, little stoke, you know, boost. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, what else can I do? And, and you, at that point, like, you know, you're really not racing for results. And, and that is, I admit that I was a little bit jealous of you guys racing because um, I do enjoy that part of it too. Um, I'm proud to say that of the three of us, I had the best result. You did. At the you SGP. did. So, good job. I'm, I'm in first Golf place clap. on the uh, on the podcast. That's right. Too. I guess we're gonna have a podcast uh, leaders jersey, right? Oh so. man. I, th- I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna uh, take the overall. Maybe I'll suit for, up for cross. Yeah. Maybe I'll suit up. We shall see. Maybe there's bonus points for uh, racing in the one, <laughs> but, two, threes. Uh, no. But yeah, lots of lots of good <laughs> racing. Um, Again, highlight of the day was for me was watching Emily in the uh, women's open race. Yeah, that was uh, a great ride, race. Just literally right away from the field and she win did. her win her first women's open. Yeah, uh, overall uh, against two very strong riders. Against yeah, two very was, strong I mean, riders who a, both beat her last year. Yeah, handily. I think uh, you know that was kind of I I watched them go and and she was kind of chasing them and then I walked around the backside of the course trying to take some photos and all of a sudden she came through solo and I'm like whoa what's going on here yeah she had um, a, that was the she had a spin lap I think and just you know put it down and and never looked back after that yeah she chalked it up to I mean I think that obviously practice does help and you know she's been training and riding and uh, well maybe not training as a lot she works a lot but being able to like work on skills and go to hot laps and just you know, have that consistent cross bike. And yep. I don't think Aaron and Aaron Madera had rode the course at all before she raced. Mm. So Emily had done a race before and had tons of, and then uh, yep. tons of pre-ride. And I guess Kim McLean, you know, not, I don't know if she has a lot of cross experience. So um, I don't know what kind of practice she gets in, but I think she's she, a, she's a mountain biker. She's a pretty good mountain biker. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just maybe not use conditions. I also heard that she had. Well, a the thing is with mountain bike, ago. with mountain biking, it's honestly, it's like they will close the trail if it's like that. That's true. You don't as a mountain bike, they you don't, don't get to ride in mud. You don't, because yeah, because it destroys the trails, and that makes sense. Unless they're from Yorkshire. <laughs> so speaking of destroying the trails, a little bit of uh, hubbub at the race <laughs> uh, from the from the uh, venue about uh, 
a la Austin, Texas Nats, uh, destroying the uh, destroying the parkour. Uh, jury's still out on what the result of that's going to be, but the final race of the day was cut short at the request of the uh, park commissioner, uh, who apparently saw the conditions and saw what was happening to the course and doesn't understand that grass grows back. Uh, yeah, pretty easily. So especially uh, in southern louisiana yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's it's actually harder to make things not grow yeah that's true uh, in in this because it's this not state. like it's not like this is like a riverbed or no. you know it's like some sort of terrain that is eroding as we discussed before it's literally a flat field that they park cars on there's there were lines painted on that grass field for where they park cars for football games yeah so you throw. And there some was actually a football game going on at the time. Maybe it was because there was a football game going on at the time, and people couldn't park on the grass. Maybe well, that's well, what. I don't think they would park grass. It's not grass. <laughs> you throw some grass seed down. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get that sorted out, and we'll be invited back to because that's a great venue. Um, this year we have not. We didn't mention to anybody who wasn't at the race. We might have been there last year. Uh, no velodrome in play this year. Probably a good thing Definitely with the amount of thing. mud and the rain would have been that would slick have been... and would have gotten muddy and pretty nasty in there. Well, probably I think it would have been the that descent into the velodrome would yeah. probably have been pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, what I would have been worried about the mud and grass tracked in the velodrome and the velodrome series, uh, track series is actually happening right now. So yeah. that would have been pain in the ass to clean. So I think good, that was, that good was move good there. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, lots of results on, on Lambra.org for the races that we haven't gotten into. We're not going to do race reports for all the races, but great start, well, great turnout. Out yeah, to, go ahead and give, give I mean, some shout-outs. I, I, I want you to do some results, Bodie, uh, sure, sure, of I the other wanna, races. Like, I kind of feel like sometimes the one, two, three race is the last race of the day. People have left. Mm-hmm. There's no music. The announcers are, doing, <laughs> are talking probably to the Breck, and there's, there's a race going on, and you yeah. know, it's kind of like a – I feel like they sometimes they get the short shift, even though some of these people who work the hardest. We'll give the them most. their due, Bodhi. Talking about it. So let's just talk about you know Scott Coopersmith, um, doubled again. up again. Yeah. Um, instead of doing the Masters this year, he did single speed. He won that. Yeah. Um, really good battle between Scott Coopersmith and Peter Reed. Peter in, Reed was in looking the really one, two, strong three race. today. Really strong. Oh, yesterday. They went back and forth. Um, Peter, Peter Reed, Reed also was, won the Masters race. He did. He was leading the one two threes. Um, Stuart Patrick. The the diesel. We'll call him who, the Sonicant of uh, DSGP. Who often starts last place, yeah, and then will finish on the podium. Yep, just burns his way through the field. Um, and what I heard happen at the finish line was that Peter Reed was kind of worried about Stewart coming, so he put in. You know, he burned a few matches to try to create a gap because Stewart was coming. He was getting close to them. Scott Smith sat on his wheel a little bit then kind of came around in the last part of the lap after Peter Reed had sort of, you know, blown his wad, trying to make sure Stewart didn't catch up. Um, so, yeah. But that, that was a really good race to watch. And like I said, I was a little bit jealous that I wasn't racing those guys. Um, I'm sure I would have had a terrible race. These are not my conditions. <laughs> so, but, uh, Forrest Race, shout out to the boys from Pensacola that came yeah. in and swept the podium in that Great race. Great show. I think that was probably the that was, the most exciting battle of I think so. Of, that was of a pretty good day. race. Yeah, you had, uh, quite, you had some lead changes. You had uh, 
Logan McLean out off the front for a while. Arrow and, AF. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but he was gone. And uh, you know, you had some of the, the Brian Harrington just kind of drilled at the front and battling out his teammate. And they came down to a bike throw. Yeah. Well, his teammate muddy... had broken his bike on yeah, tore the his... second lap of the race. Tore his derailleur, sheared his derailleur off. Yeah. Ran with his bike down the front straight all the way around to the pits. Got a pit bike. Yep. Jumped back on his pit bike, burned his way. His pit bike, granted, was a mountain bike. Not probably UCI, gave it was him, not a UCI Probably gave him bike. a little bit of an advantage in, on that course. Uh, but burned his way back up through the field, got up to second, and ultimately ended up almost challenging Brian for the win. And yeah. I, I, here's, here's something. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Did you see his remounts on his pit bike? No. Okay. Try this. Kids, don't try this at home. His remount on the pit bike, great remount, but try remounting your bike with your right hand on the top tube, doing the remount that way. Interesting. So he was setting his bike down with his with his right hand and, on the top and, tube and, and jumping on with his hand still on the top tube. Yeah, that's super. I've awkward. never seen that before. That that sounds like someone was teaching the skills clinic and they got a few steps mixed up. <laughs> And tied on the dismount and the remount I think together. You got the dismount and the remount mixed that up. That sounds like a great way to either break your wrist or break your penis, uh, or both. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that was the result of the of the fours race. Yep. Um, and we already talked about uh, well the masters race. Peter Reed won, followed by Butch Sims in second. Big Butch, shout out to Butch. Yeah. Um, hard racing, hard hard racing guy. And, and our uh, teammate Kurt Gerrand. Kurt Gerrand, uh, Urban South teammate, uh, powered by Roulet in third. Third place, yeah. yeah. Yep, fantastic. And Ross Lunds in his first ever cross race, uh, getting fourth on That's file right. treads, yeah, no less. So that was that was pretty impressive. That's right, on file treads. <laughs> and, um, and you know, other thing I want to say, we had nine juniors. Yep. So that's cool. I think it was actually 10. One of them my, was not my daughter, however. So uh, One of them was my daughter, who actually didn't finish. So we've swapped <laughs> Is her name year, Stelia Kite? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. That's how it's listed. She's everything's, an everything's, she everything's the, spelled wrong. She races under the pseudonym Steely Dan. <laughs> Stelia. Stelia. Stelia, Stelia Dan. Kite. Kite was spelled wrong as well. Uh, Bodie, yeah. we, uh, we got a review this week. Am I we right? Did. We sure as heck did. We've got an ongoing contest for yes, uh, best podcast review. Yep, there is a jersey to win, uh, the tuxedo jersey. Uh, currently sitting in the lead, we have Nathaniel Lewis Wood, whomever the that third might be. Esquire. Yeah, we're not sure who that is, but we're we got. No some, I got some is. hints at the uh, at the cross race we when, did I, get some when I ran into our teammate. Yeah, Nathaniel Lewis Wood. That's right. And I who was kind actually, of putting two and who, two together. Also, and to give him said props, rode a great, great, great race. race. Really yep. great ride by him. That was the first cat. His first race as a cat forward. Yes. All right. Yeah, you upgraded him, Bodie, and he got the he, he got the eye of the tiger. He did well. He did not finish last. No, he did not finish last. No. And actually, he rode super strong. Uh, I was super. He impressed. had a good battle with uh, Skip and uh, he beat Evan Skip. Gossel. Yeah, mm. yep. he was he was battling spoke. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's get on to our review. Um, this review titled "A Mix of Life, Bikes, and Nonsense." Mm. Obviously, I cover the life. Towns and you cover the bikes. I, I generally cover so the that, That's me. I'm the nonsense. Right. Um, review by Jeremy Brown, STCC. Hmm, so 
I presume don't know. that's uh, maybe somebody who's in a cycling club that has the initials STCC, and maybe I his name is. I thought this is like a certified technical creative consultant or something like that. Oh, that like sounds a, yeah, yeah. Like an Esquire. Okay. That's his or title. That's his, uh, yeah. Systems Tech Creative Consultants. Sure. Yeah, STCC. Sounds good. Jeremy Brown. System Strategic Tech. Technical uh, Creative Consultant. Anyway, it's yeah. clearly someone that we don't know. Obviously. And somebody very qualified. Yeah, he's got a four-letter acronym title. Yeah. Um, so anyway, to get on to his review, he says, uh, do you have questions about the best tires to use? Spell with a Y. Uh, oh, so he's British. Bro. He's yeah. pro. Yeah. yeah. Want to know who the, quote, experts predict will win the next race? Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. The quote experts? He <laughs> yeah. put that well, word in quotes? In quotes? Yeah, he put experts in quotes. <laughs> All right. Point. Lost a point there. Yeah. Um, Curious about what uh, tourists in New Orleans think about mammals. Drops and uh, drops another acronym. Mammals. Yep. Middle age. Uh, Middle age men in lycra. Yep. I yep. guess maybe that's a vague, veiled reference to pedicab confessions. I think so mm. yeah. So shout out to A. a. Ron. If yeah. you ask those questions, if so, this is the podcast for you. This podcast podcast is not only informational but mm. also entertaining. Oh. It's a great weekly way to keep up with what's going on in Louisiana road and CX cycling scene, as well as a national and international level races. But don't take it from me. Click the subscribe button and step into the world of Bodie Bodie, T-Bone, and Sir Cheerio for an hour or so. Wow. Or so. An hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're definitely in the... We're definitely there in the or so territory right now. Well, yeah. I like that. I like that. That was good. Like, I that think, was great. I yeah. like the call to action at the end too. Indeed. Yeah. Click the subscribe button. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. This, guy's, so, guy, this guy may be in somewhere like in social media marketing or something like that. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing. Might have, he's might have he moved knows, into the virtual lead I think for the so. tuxedo I, I'd, jersey. I put my hand up. For you know virtual, what? I'm, virtual I'm, I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold judgment there. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think we're in a photo situation at the moment well, I we're don't not close to the end of the race yet we're still nope. just halfway through so we've got we've got, um, we've got a group of two leaders on the road yeah sure. so we've got of, still got a couple front. we've got maybe what three more podcasts to go before yeah. uh thanksgiving so guys get them in because uh you don't want to miss your opportunity to win this uh, sweet jersey yeah and uh i'm and, wearing and it right frankly, now if, actually i wear it in bed every night you so, uh, hear us talk about your review on the podcast. Well, if you write one. You're wearing it right now because you won last week's podcast. <laughs> so every after we stop recording, we say who won the podcast. Yeah, like who was the best. Yeah, and then we pass the jersey on to that person. So yeah. I probably shouldn't have raced in it this weekend, but you know. Speaking of jerseys mm. and the aforementioned uh, who's in the uh, who's in the lead amongst the podcast in, yeah. in DSGP, Matt, could I propose mm. that sweet Christopher Cross T-shirt that you've got on as the prize for the uh, <laughs> winner of the Yeah You Ride podcast DSGP overall? Uh, what this shirt is? <laughs> this is like my favorite shirt. <laughs> I know, I'm joking. You want this shirt off I'll, I'll tell you I what, if you win, I will order you one. All right, Do you know you. what? When I went to Hank's uh, uh, before the podcast to pick up beers, and I was there like trying to decide what beers I got. Actually, I went off-brand today, and I, uh, in honor of yesterday, I got the Mudbug White Boot nice. uh, beer, which is a, uh, a, uh, a vice beer. A blonde ale, actually. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second. Hang what? on. Stop the fucking podcast. First of all. What? <laughs> do, you, do you see that font for Louisiana and real Cajun beer? Do you see that font for real I can't, in Louisiana? It's, it's very dark in here. I can't see much. Do you see that font? 
Is it the Yeah You Ride font? It's the Yeah You Ride font. <laughs> wow. Oh, well. Oh, it is. The real is. Yep. It's that. There hey. we go. So. <laughs> Sponsored my, brew there, guys. Well, I guess so. Well, whoa. Hey, hang on. We have an official sponsor. Well, not official. They don't pay us for this. But, uh, yeah. So, I got this. I was wearing my uh, my uh, Cajun Reeboks on Sunday. So, I thought this was appropriate. Yeah. No, it's good. I like it. I but, it. Uh, yeah. No. So, I was in there and I was, try- I was like, trying to find an appropriate beer for uh, the podcast and a guy walks up to me and goes, sweet t-shirt, man. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, gents, uh, got any last uh, parting words you want to leave with the podcast land? Uh, Matt? Uh, well, all I want to say is, uh, dear listeners, thank you for joining us for the inaugural Yeah, You Ride podcast, Super Prestige, Delta States Grand Prix, Michael Bodigheimer, Baton Rouge. And I'm going to sign <laughs> off with a uh, simple, just a simple refrain tonight. This is the T-Bone uh, saying thanks to Roulet and West McWhorter for uh, the fifth season of Delta State's Grand Prix of Cyclocross. Michael Bodigheimer, it, it really, Rouge. It really makes my, uh, it really makes my fall. So thanks for that, in all seriousness. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, look for coming out of retirement news soon unretiring soon all right y'all good night